Welcome to Taking the Higher Road, a Driver Reach and Freight Waves production. I'm your host, Jeremy Raymer, founder and CEO of Driver Reach. On this show, I interview industry experts and thought leaders who bring their insights to the driver lifecycle as we discuss the industry's greatest challenges, driver recruiting and retention. I appreciate your feedback, good or bad, on the contents of the show. And if you aren't already a subscriber, I encourage you to become one and rate Taking the Higher Road in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and wherever else you listen. Today's guest is a very special friend who I admire and appreciate so much for her vision and passion for the industry, Ellen Voya, President and CEO of Women in Trucking. Uh, Ellen, great to see you. Welcome to Taking the Higher Road. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me on, Jeremy. Uh, it's my pleasure, and uh, I, I'd like to dive right in because there's no shortage of what I'd like to discuss with you. Uh, for one, I certainly want to get into your background and inspiration for starting Women in Trucking. Uh, I want to talk about the challenges that the industry faces in attracting new drivers and more women and, and the work that you're doing to improve that. And of course, I want to enlist your feedback on our newest segment, A Deeper Dive, as we answer a question from one of our listeners. That sound good for you? I am ready. Perfect. I recall first meeting you back in 2007. It was at a board meeting for the Indiana Motor Truck Association, and you were there uh, to present on this new association that you were forming. And I remember at that time just really recognizing your your passion and professionalism. What what got you into the trucking industry? What inspired you to start Women in Trucking Association? You know, what's funny is when you talk to women who are in the industry and love their careers, most of us didn't come into the industry because of intentional um, decisions. We often come in because of something that brought us in, and I'm no different. Um, I actually, in high school, took shop class and industrial arts. I took drafting and welding and things like that. And so I was hired at a steel fabricating plant, um, and I was drafting. I was drawing material handling equipment. And one day they came and they said, we'd like to move you to the traffic department, and we'll send you to school for traffic and transportation management. And I thought, okay, I like learning. So I earned my diploma um, from LaSalle in traffic and transportation management. I was the assistant traffic manager. And then when my boss left, I was promoted to traffic manager. And that's where I got my start. Um, I learned how to audit freights, or freight bills, um, learned how to read tariffs. Um, it was just before deregulation, which tells you how long ago that was. Um, and so... Um, after I, I started my family and I did consulting to trucking companies for 18 years in central Wisconsin. So that was a great, also, I mean, I'd even apply for authority for carriers. I'd keep their trucks legal, their drivers legal. And then um, during that time, I got my bachelor's and my master's in um, communication. And when I graduated, uh, the Trucker Buddy organization was looking for a CEO or a executive director. So um, I was hired in 2000 and stayed there till 2006. And then I was recruited by a large trucking company um, to be manager of recruiting and retention programs. And part of my job was to figure out how to attract and retain non-traditional groups. And that included women. And at the time, I was getting my pilot's license and I belonged to a, a women in aviation organization and I thought, well, why isn't there one for women in the trucking industry? So um, I put together a great board of directors. Our attorney, I got an attorney. He helped me set up all the paperwork. And in March of 2007, Women in Trucking was, was born 14 years ago. 
Well, that's exciting, and and it's encouraging to hear that uh, the aviation. Are you still a pilot? You still fly? I have a Cessna Skyhawk. Yeah, a four seater. Oh, exciting! Yeah, well, very cool. So, so that was uh, an inspiration as well. It's a form of uh, transportation. Uh, so that's that's encouraging. Now, in the promotion of the employment um, of women in the industry, where was it when you first started? You know, versus where it is today in terms of you know percentage of women in the industry. Well, from what I understand, it was about 3%. And now FreightWaves did uh, research for us about a year ago and showed that women make about 10% of over-the-road drivers. Um, if you look at the Department of Labor data, they use all CDL holders, and they're about 7%. But over-the-road is about 10%. But I want to tell you about the biggest difference I've seen in 14 years, Jeremy. Um, 14 years ago, trucking companies would say, Oh, we don't care about race, gender, ethnicity, age. We don't care. We just hire the best drivers. And then I'd start pointing out, well, okay, but the trucks are designed for men. Your uniforms are all for men. You don't have restrooms for women. I mean, I'd start pointing out that it wasn't really a level playing field. And also at that time, there was no data. No one had gender-related statistics. Um, and now the biggest difference is that um, this industry sees the value in what women bring and the fact that women are safer drivers. You know, you're with Atri and Atri has found that in the crash causation study, women um, are safer. And, and so now the industry is saying, wow, we see the value women bring, whether it's in the cab or the boardroom, um, help us understand how to bring in more women. And so that's that's what women in trucking is all about, is to bring more women into the industry. Well, you, you mentioned safer. I think in every measurable category that was statistically proven, which is just amazing. Not surprising, frankly, but, uh, but encouraging to, to let that uh, data be revealed. Now, you've done a, a fantastic job in, in getting the message out. I mean, membership of Women in Trucking uh, is, is very engaged. Monthly webinars, uh, the Redefining the Road magazine. Uh, you do a show each Saturday on Sirius XM, right, at Road Dog Radio. Uh, I think that really helps create that buzz, you know. Um, and on top of that, I was able to attend my first Accelerate conference, the annual Women in Trucking Association conference in fall of 2019. And I was amazed at the, the energy, the, the, the buzz, you know, the number of people, great education, uh, and, and great networking opportunities that were there. So I'm curious. Um, and as a member and sponsor of Women in Trucking myself, it's encouraging to see the you know the growth and the impact uh, that that's, that's having. Can you share how membership and involvement within the association has grown over the years? Well, our first year we hit 500 members, which I was thrilled. Um, currently, we're about 5,200, and and thank you for being a member. Um, and also, I I need people to understand that women in trucking isn't just for women. Um, about 15% of our members are men. So I like to say we're about women, not necessarily for women. But the growth of the organization has been phenomenal. And you mentioned our conference. Well, we had five years. Our first year at the conference, we had, I think, 300 people. The second year, 600. Our fifth year, which was the last year that we had an in-person conference, we had 1,100 registered attendees. Um, and like you said, the, it's a very positive, the environment, it's, there's a lot of buzz. It's a, 
it's a different kind of conference, um, but also you've got 80% women at a trucking event, which makes it different altogether. So the growth has been phenomenal. Um, and we still have a long ways to go, though, because I'm still not satisfied with 10% of drivers being female. I understand. I hear you. And I'm, and I'm behind you. Um, my two daughters, by the way, have Claire, the female truck driver doll. What's what's Claire's story? I want to make sure that the uh, audience gets to see an image of Claire. What's can you tell us about Claire? So um, I always wanted to uh, have a doll so that children could play with the truck driver doll. And we tried to get Barbie to do it. And I'm almost glad that that it didn't come up, down to a Barbie doll. Instead, it's a plush doll. But I was sitting in an airport one time and this woman sat down next to me and we started chatting over a glass of wine. And I commented about her shoes. And she said she goes to a lot of trade shows. And I said, well, so do I. I said, what do you do? And she goes, oh, I'm president of a toy company. And so we got um, Have a USA and we ordered the dolls. Uh, we sold them on Amazon at first, but we sell them at Women in Trucking. But it's really it's for children to be able to play with a truck driver doll. And there's a story on the back from the National Transportation Center that talks about getting your CDL um, and what great jobs they are. So Claire, the truck driver doll. I love it. I think that's great. Uh, and I think it's great for the brand as well. Um, now, kind of switching gears a little bit, most most would agree that this is the toughest they've ever seen it in, in regards to recruiting and retaining drivers. Um, while it's, it's certainly been uh, exacerbated by the pandemic, the driver shortage has been a top industry issue for you know most of the past decade. Uh, I believe the more women in the industry, the greater the image of the industry to the outside world. You know, and helping you know to attract more new entrants. Um, what are what are some of the challenges women face, especially as drivers, that that we need to consider and address in order to change that? Well, the first challenge is the image of the industry. A lot of women don't picture themselves in the trucking industry, whether it's in the office and management, even in marketing, they don't think of the trucking industry. Um, but the, one of the challenges now, I, I do need to say that. Women and men face the same challenges as drivers, but for women, safety is a much higher priority. And when I say safety, that means the maintenance of the equipment. How well is it maintained? Also, um, where are you sending your drivers? Is it a bad part of town that might have you know, activity that doesn't keep them safe or maybe it's not well lit? And then what's the culture in regard to driving conditions? So are you sending your drivers into an area that might have a tornado or even protests these days? Um, so what's the safety culture? We did a, um, a study and we found that female drivers on a scale of one to 10 feel safe 4.4%. That means less than half the time they're feeling safe. And that's unacceptable to us. So um, a number of things that we're doing, we work with the manufacturers to put security alarm systems in the cab of the truck. Peterbilt put one in. I know Volvo's had one, but we want one that you know goes off if somebody tries to break in, whether you're in there or not, or sleeping. Um, we also work with the uh, truck stops on safety and security. We do self-defense courses at our events, um, self-defense, self-esteem, how to carry yourself. We have an anti-harassment employment guide. Um, and then uh, we're in the middle of a three-year study with the Federal Motor Care Safety Administration on crimes against female drivers. 
So when we find out where the crimes are taking place, um, you know, is it in a training situation uh, or is it at truck stops, wherever, then we need to address it. Now, what are some of the ways that carriers can better attract uh, female drivers to the industry and and and, and really make a, a dent in their driver shortage challenges? Well, first, they have to look at what words they're using in the recruiting ads. Um, women look for a company that has a collaborative team oriented culture. So you got to look at the words. Are the words attracting someone who is looking more for hierarchy or more for, you know, uh, something that might involve risk or whatever? Just think about how uh, the ad, the words appeal to women. And then think about the graphics. Look at your graphics. If you have uh, NASCAR or maybe football or, or women in scantily you know, clothes, those don't attract women as, you know, um, and then um, think about where to advertise. So we asked um, the drivers, the female CDL holders on our Facebook page, and there's about 11,000 members on our Facebook page. Um, I asked them how many of them had motorcycles, 80%. So think about that. If you've got um, happy female drivers, put her out in a charity fun run, a Harley run or something with a recruiting shirt and then have her talk about how great your company is. So it's you got to really think about where do you find these potential drivers? What message are you trying to send to them and what graphics are included in your ads? So we have we actually have a recruiting guide that has a lot of information like that. But you really have to target women. Don't just think that women are the same as men because they're not. Well, and to your point, when you have a when you have images and in the images is of, of a man driving, it's simple things like that that probably you just don't even uh, consider. But got to look at who you're targeting and who the demographic is, and then adjust accordingly. And that's I remember first hearing you uh, bring that up. There was a I want to say it was maybe at Gats or something uh, five plus years or so ago, and I and and you were speaking on that topic, and I thought, oh my goodness, absolutely. I mean, that just makes a lot of sense. Now, you've done a great job in, in celebrating the successes of women in the industry. And, and I know that's a, you know, a core tenet of, of women in trucking. This year, uh, top women to watch, you know, highlighted a record. And this is a, you know, a segment in your, in your magazine every, every year, you know, you have, you highlight these top women to watch and, and you promote that. 73 professional women, uh, were, were highlighted. I just thought that was really cool. And, You've also done a great job uh, in making sure your voice is heard in D.C. You talked about working with the FMCSA. You know, when it, when it comes to government and regulations, I've, I've heard, you know, if you don't have a seat at the table, then you're on the menu. Right. And you you have a seat at the table. You've uh, been able to represent the industry and women. Can you share your experience in working with the government? You know, I know I, I, I know you've been to the White House, obviously, you know, working with the uh, FMCSA's advisory committee and so on. What's that? What's that been like? Well, and I'm, and you're right. You need a seat at the table, but you also have to be vocal. I was on the entry level driver training advisory committee, and I was very glad that I was part of that because, and that's coming out next February. So, um, to to have a voice and say, you know, these are some things that are important that you might not have thought of. And now I'm on the new motor carrier safety advisory committee um, at the FMCSA as well, and. 
Um, we also had a bill introduced a few weeks ago to create a women in trucking advisory committee at the Federal Motor Care Safety Administration. And so really, it's all about bringing the voice of our members to Washington, D.C. and saying, these, these are concerns. These are some of the issues we have. Now, we don't get involved in things like hours of service or ELDs or things like that. We, we are there more to educate our legislators and our regulators on what are some of the challenges drivers face, female drivers face, or women in leadership uh, positions face in the industry. So it's really, we don't necessarily lobby as much as we um, educate and advocate. As we start to open back up, you know, I think there's a, there's a lot of pent up excitement to get back out there, especially, you know, those of us who have, you know, just built such great relationships in the industry, you know, family and friends. Um, this is, this, this is a, I think a segue into our next segment, a special segment called a deeper dive where we take a question from, uh, our listeners seeking expert advice. Uh, the question is, I miss all the networking and educational opportunities. Do you think we'll be able to get together this fall? Uh, what are what are your thoughts on that, Ellen? You know, the number one reason people come to our conference is for networking. That's the number one reason they want to meet other people who have the same concerns, the same positions, maybe at a company. So our conference, which is scheduled November seventh through ninth, in person in Dallas. But we also understand that a lot of companies still have. Uh, measures in place for uh, travel restrictions. So we are doing a virtual conference um, the, the following week. So we are hoping that we will be able to meet in person because you get so much more when you're face to face with people, um, you know, having a glass of wine or a cup of coffee and just interacting with them. But there are a lot of conferences now that are being scheduled where I'm speaking. So I, I think things are opening up and we're all going to get back to, you know, being in person again. And that's my greatest hope. I'm with you. I can't wait. Uh, I think we did the right thing by, you know, kind of kicking things out to summer and, and beyond. And uh, my hope is that as more and more of us get you know vaccinated and start to feel a little bit more comfortable that uh, I can't I can tell you this. I can't wait for that first hug. I think it's going to be emotional. I think, you know, for a lot of people, uh, we miss each other. Humans like to interact with each other. And Zoom is great, you know, but it's just it's not the same as being in person. And so I'm, I'm looking forward to you. I, I, I plan to be there in November and can't wait. Uh, I hope that uh, that we see a lot of continued growth. And from an attendance standpoint, I hope that we see that that trend continue. Um, I will. I do want to say I really appreciate you joining me um, so much. Thank you for all the joy and passion that you've put into uh, your career, making trucking a better place. Incredible inspiration. Uh, I, I'm really looking forward to seeing you in November. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for having me on, Jeremy. And I will see you in November. Count on it. Thanks for joining me for another episode of the Taking the Higher Road and for spreading the word to your industry peers. We really appreciate it. Uh, remember to follow along at driverreach.com slash podcast. Please submit any questions or comments, including those which may appear on upcoming Deeper Dive segments at podcast at driverreach.com. And don't forget to rate and review the Taking the Higher Road podcast in Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and wherever else you tune in. Until next time, thank you for taking the higher road.